Good morning, listening world. I would like to welcome you to the Realistic Leadership Podcast by George McGee, where the purpose of our podcast is to lead, consult, educate, motivate, and inspire leaders from all generations, from our church leaders to our executive leadership, to our mid-level leaders and managers, to our senior level leaders and managers, to our frontline leaders and managers, to our future leaders and managers. We are here for all of you. Now, um, over the course of the past couple years, I've talked about uh, many subjects on this uh, podcast, and I really failed to... uh, I really didn't go into my uh, story, um, so this one is 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 going to be uh, the title is, is is my beautiful struggle, uh, my story and journey um, to realistic leadership. Um, some of you may know, um, a lot of you may not know. Um, I'm a veteran of about 25 years of. Uh, realistic leadership or leadership in general uh, between um, the retail world, uh, retail industry, automotive industry, um, software industry, um, several industries uh, that you may be able to relate to that most of you probably can relate to. Um, So uh, how it started, um, you know, grew up in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Um, both of my parents uh, have uh, post advanced post high school educational degrees. Um, I have a couple of siblings. Um, both of my sisters have uh, advanced college degrees as well. My wife as well. Um, so I come from a family um, of educated people, um, but it didn't start out that way. Uh, my parents had me young. Um, I believe my mother was 19 and my dad was 20 Um, and they were in college. So a lot of my uh, first years um, were spent, you know, watching and seeing and watching them study and struggle through college while at the same time, you know, try to hang on to a marriage and raise a family and make ends meet and keep their family safe and and inspire their family and things of that nature. So uh, long story short, mom, you know, my parents, uh, they, you know, they went their separate ways. Um, you know, they still speak and talk to this day. Um, so um, my school life, however, um, I really didn't realize how. Uh, well, let me go back before that. Um, I would always uh, look at uh, television and, you know, see you know, business men and women um, going on trips. I would uh, watch shows, of course, you know, the Cosby show and and things of that nature. Um, so my whole life, I, I definitely wanted to be successful. Um, but it was something special about um, movies and shows that, that spoke about uh, business men and women going across, you know, either to another country or you know, to uh, California. That was my thing when I was a kid. I, I wanted to be a businessman that traveled all the time. 
um, and made business deals and, and came home to the family and brought home souvenirs and things of that nature. Um, funny how those visions as a kid seem to be a motivation factor and they show up later in your life. Um, but school life, uh, fast forward to school life, um, I really didn't, you know, I got okay grades in, in, in grade school, and, 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 uh, but it wasn't until middle school I really um, realized how smart I was. I actually internally realized like, oh man, I could get A's and B's on an everyday basis. And if I really wanted to, I could get all A's if I went all in on it. Um, so I, I, uh, finished school and, you know, attended college and, and, uh, my parents were, uh, sort of, uh, up by your bootstraps type of parents. So, you know, even though they, you know, were starting to get theirs and had theirs, um, they wanted me to get it for myself. Um, so, you know, uh, in my first, um, I'll say I've been working since I was 13, but my first post high school uh, career, post school, post college, high school career, uh, or quote unquote, as we say, real job. Um, I'll just name this company a uh, Fortune 500 company B. Okay. Um, and in this company, I, I, I will be, you know, uh, eternally grateful for the tough lessons I learned the valuable lessons I learned and the tactics that, you know, taught me to be um, a lot of the leader that I am today. Um, So um, I started there as just a sales consultant, you know, just at the bottom of the rail, bottom rung, um, sales consultant, uh, soldier, uh, whatever it may be. Um, I started at the bottom rung um, and as I was, you know, working um, during this time, I was always just trying to look for a, a, another job or another career because in my mind, I'm saying, well, you know, now that I'm, you know, in my mind finished with school, you know, it's time for that nine to five. It's time for that, you know, 70, you know, $80,000 a year job or career that, you know, can help me provide, you know, for myself and, and things of that nature. Well, reality of course uh was always a part of my life and and if you're a leader it will always be a part of your life and if you're a good leader um you and reality will be very 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 close friends um so reality hit you know i believe i was making i believe uh six dollars an hour six dollars and 13 cents oh no seven dollars and 50 cents an hour i'm sorry i thought i was rich at that point um so i know i'm dating myself but uh yeah i wasn't making a lot of money and i was working a lot and i didn't see a bright future ahead and so here was my here was my uh, first lesson uh, that I learned from a uh, Fortune 500 company B um, in, in motivation. Um, you money cannot be your sole motivator. It can be a motivator. It is a very powerful motivator, but it cannot be your sole motivator. And I learned that. Um, 
gratefully early on. Um, because when the money runs out or when you, may, when you feel that you've made enough money via you know, one pay cycle, two pay cycles, a quarterly bonus, a yearly bonus or, or whatnot, once you hit that mark, um, if you don't set another mark for yourself, you'll just you'll become complacent. Um, so my motivation then was to find something that um, catered to more of the time that I wanted, um, wanted to be able to have available to do other things um, and as well as make more money and as well as be able to try to live up to uh, some of my family's accomplishments. Um, you know, with a family of postgraduates and many advanced degrees, competition is tough. Um, so I learned that early on um, not to make, you know, not to make money my sole motivator. Number two, um, I was met with um, a healthy portion of bigotry in that business. Um, and sometimes it becomes uncomfortable to talk about it in public, but I'll just say it. Um, a lot of times I would see or hear comments, um, and I've talk, talked, spoken about them on the show a couple of times as far as, um, you know, uh, clients uh, making uh, racist comments or, you know, unkind comments and managers and my supervisors and managers and project managers doing the same thing. Um, I was met with that, not so much in that particular overt way, but in, in you know, um, indiscreet manners, uh, more so. So if it was myself or, or a colleague of mine and we had the same, you know, we had the same skill set, same education, um, things of that nature, um, and they happen to be a different color. Um, they were paid more typically, or they got a, a bit of a cush, a little bit cushier schedule. So if I was closing, you know, if I was, you know, if I had these extra projects or had to close this schedule, you know, I had a more rigorous schedule or more rigorous work, uh, regiment or, you know, and pay less. So those are the couple of so ran into that um, as well as a, you know uh, you know the times when you go for promotions and you know you're just not selected. I mean you're just not explained why. Um, so I learned a lot of uh, valuable lessons on motivation, on fair treatment, on um, how to have those conversations. Um, or really early on. Um, so after probably about my first uh, year um, with that company, I got promoted to an assistant supervisor. And then probably about two, three months after that, I, I gambled on myself and uh, became a supervisor. And um, I will say that that was probably the best decision, one of the best decisions I had ever made. Um, if you get a chance to bet on yourself, please do. Um, because, you know, if you don't believe in yourself, I said it in a previous podcast, a previous episode, if you don't believe in yourself and you can't believe in yourself or trust yourself, what are you doing? Um, 
so I, I bet on myself and, and became a supervisor and in the place in the location uh, that I became a supervisor at that particular department and store had a history of being very 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 uh, much an underperforming location um, for years um, I believe um, at that time uh, that store was in the bottom five percent of the company um, and the department that I ran was in the bottom one percent of the company um, here's where those lessons those hard lessons that I learned started to uh, started to bear fruit so uh, at that time um, things were the sales and the business and sales world was a very different place than what it is right now um, it's cutthroat right now but it was even more so cutthroat back then um, performance was demanded all of the time and if you weren't performing with this particular company at this particular time uh, you definitely had a spotlight on you and uh, we had a term if you're red you're dead what that basically meant is if you were underperforming for the course of about six months, I say about six months because I've seen people go, you know, go less or longer. Um, if you went around that time and you were the bottom quartile of the company, you were fired or you were demoted. So there was really not a whole lot of um, wiggle room with that. Um, so uh, the location I'm at, uh, just to catch you up, underperforming. I'm new super, newer supervisor. Oh yeah, and we're going into uh, the a very, very, very busy time of year, the busiest time of year, um, which is Christmas. So uh, I managed to get them through the Christmas season, and of course. You know, the, the performance wasn't all the way there. Uh, I had to replace a couple of people. And um, probably about at the three-month mark, uh, we uh, got out of the bottom 25% of the company um, to the mid-tier level of the company. And then probably within two months after that, we were in the top 10% of the company. Then the top 5%, then the top 1%. Then for then after a while, probably uh, there was a six month stretch where uh, that store and department was top five in the entire company. Um, so definitely a great, great accomplishment. I probably learned more in that role um, than realistically any previous role I had before that. And Honestly, I learned more in that role than um, I learned about business my all my years in school. Um, so definitely huge impact that role. What made it impactful for me um, was the leadership that I had that helped me. A lot of people don't talk about this. You know, I hear um, debates on, you know, who... You know, can you lead by yourself or, you know, born leaders and versus coached leaders and all this kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you like this. No successful leader makes it on their own. 
okay? No successful leader makes it on their own. Here's and 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 in this particular moment, I'm talking about the mentorship and counseling and guidance that they receive from their mentor or mentors. Um, I am not in realistic leadership, you know, by myself. You know, I am here because of the leadership, you know, consultation and tactics of many people. I'm not going to try to name them right now because I know I'll forget some. But I'm here because of them. I'm able to help fashion and form companies and help fashion and form global markets because of their leadership and tutelage. A kid from the projects of Dayton, Ohio, all the way to here. So sorry about that rant, but um, your mentors matter. Nobody makes it on their own in leadership. Um, that was what made that team so special. Um, the constant tutelage I had received, and I was all in at that point. Um, because at some point in time in your life, if you believe in yourself, if you know that, and if you're determined to succeed, if you're willing to go through hell and high water, to climb every mountain, to go through every valley, to go through every ocean, to fight every enemy, you must believe in yourself at some point. I'm gonna stop right there um, because this is a multi-part series uh, of my journey, my story to realistic leadership. I wanna thank you for tuning in to part one of the beautiful struggle, my story to realistic leadership. My team thanks you, and we will talk to you soon.